Welcome back, 25 minutes to 9 o'clock. It is Thursday night. That means it's hiking with Tim Lundy. And today we have a special edition of the show. We're going to be talking about uh, snakes that slither out this time of year. We are joined by uh, Devine Sanson, who is, who is a snake catcher here in studio with us. But Devine, Tim, thanks very much for coming in again. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you very much. As always, Tim, we start hiking with Tim Lundy, looking at the uh, uh, rescue and safety report. How safe have our mountains been over the last week? Yeah, look, the safety side of things, it's been it's been uh, safe, and we haven't had um, any incidents. Um, on the rescue side of things, though, uh, the season's definitely started. Mm. So we've um, yeah, there's been four calls that that I know of. In the last six days, and how does it work for, for volunteers? If are you always on call, or you or you are, do you do you like announce I'm available? I'm not yeah. taking a group up, or I'm not busy. I'm available if things if if you yeah. Need me. So basically, a call will come, and then we we basically if you're available, you're available. So um, yeah, there's sometimes not everybody's available. Other days, lots of people are available. Mm. Other times, we have to ask for people to come all the way from Somerset West to come and help us out. Um, and sometimes we have to ask people mm. to do jobs that they wouldn't normally do mm. because we're short on on people to to help carry or to to do a specific job. You also have some information uh, announcement on the Yonkazuk entrance closure. Yeah, so that's I've had quite a lot of phone calls and people wanting to know what on earth is going on. Um, this week, Cape Nature announced that the road going into Yonkers Hook, um, we used to drive in, it was a one-way road, sort of circular, and it's about five kilometers in and five kilometers out. They have taken the decision on the 1st of December to shut that road. So then do people then get access? Well, that's the problem. So you would normally park your car at the parking area and then when you go through the gate mm. you used to be able to drive up and start to either go on the panoramic view or the panoramic path or first waterfall or second mm. waterfall um, that you can't do anymore you now have to walk so you're basically road. hiking from from the car park now. yeah mm. so the the problem with it is like if panoramic or the panorama um, walk uh, you adding another 10 kilometers mm. to the walk and it's quite a mm. quite a walk already mm. it's about 17 kilometers so mm. you're now looking at 27 kilometers mm. so yeah we'll, mm. we'll we'll see what happens and what develops let us um, know time, how it goes and time with that because it's <laughs> i think um there's a lot of people up in arms about it because it it yeah, it yeah. excludes hikers um, and makes it very difficult for them now. Um, to the topic at hand uh, this evening, um, the SPCA has uh, issued a warning uh, saying that it's that time of the year as temperatures rise and all these critters and these creepy crawlies come out to get a little bit of warmth that uh, uh, hikers may be seeing an increase of uh, particularly snakes this time of the year. Is this something that, that you and the hiking community you know, are familiar with this time of the year? Yeah, absolutely. You know, winter's now finished and done with, and uh, as the temperatures are going to start rising, they're going to come out um, being cold-blooded. They like to come out and they like to bask in the sun, and sometimes we cross paths. And I've got to say, in the 38 years that I've been doing hiking, I've had my fair share of um, sightings of snakes, and every single time they are heading away from me. So I've never had a snake come at me and, and try and go for me. Mm. Um, 
they just this this myth that they attack you is nonsense. <laughs> they defend themselves, and I think this is where I think uh, Devine Sanson can come in. She is a, a snake catcher. Um, how, how has business been over the last few weeks? Have you been getting a a few call outs lately? Um, I wouldn't say a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, very much so. Oh. Um, yes, summer is upon us as well, and uh, not only are they coming out to bask in the sun, it's mating season. Mm. So you will see a few of them in twos, threes, where two will be a f- male, one will be a female. When it comes to Cape Cobras, mole snakes, they all fight mm. for the female. So when she slithers along, she will give off a female pheromone, and they will pick up on that, and they will follow mm. her. I'm, I'm quite familiar with, with the mole snake. I- Grew up in 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 the South Peninsula. I've uh, lots of open fields there around uh, Princess Flay. I'm uh, quite familiar with the mole snake. Yes. Um, it's 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 it's, an, it's not a venomous snake. It's no. not necessarily a dangerous snake. But even just seeing a, a, a mole <laughs> snake, many people hightail it out of the <laughs> non-venomous. Uh. Um, they can grow very big. Yes. Um, but they can bite, and they do bite. If you're going to go close to them, try and touch them, they're going mm. to bite you. But snakes overall are not out to bite you. If mm. you just leave them alone, they will go on their way. Mm. It's once you try and corner them and pick them up and mess around with them that they're going to bite. Mm. How often does that happen, that people try and go and stroke it and, <laughs> and pet it? <laughs> not often. Thank goodness. Yeah. Not often. Uh, look, we uh, we've all been young boys and girls, <laughs> and when I've been been out uh, trekking with some friends, and we've seen the snake, you know, there's nothing that uh, that uh, that a young boy li- loves doing more than trying to poke a snake yes, <laughs> with a yes. with a stick, and that's obviously very very <laughs> silly behaviour. Yeah, they look. Kids are kids. They will always want to know. Um, there's a little boy in Tableview at the moment. He rescues snakes, mm. um, which is quite worrying. I feel I must mention it. Um, he, I've spoken to his father about it, that he does not recognize, uh, try and rec- um, rescue these snakes because he does know quite a bit about snakes, but he doesn't know all the snakes. So, um, yeah, parents should be teaching their kids to respect mm. snakes from an age when they can mm. understand and to teach them not to pick up any snake. Mm. And they should know what it is. And somebody that's, you know, qualified mm. and knows what they're talking about. We are talking hiking with Tim Lundy on a Thursday night, but we're having a discussion of snakes this time of the year, particularly as people make their way to the mountain and the felt as days get warmer. This is when we're seeing more and more snakes come out and what to do when you encounter one and also how to identify. Tim, particularly on in the South Peninsula, the Table Mountain Range, what are we likely to see here? Look, you're more than likely the ones that I often spot will be um, Cape Cobra, um, Puffadder. I'm sure I probably will pass many, many Puffadders. I just don't get to see them because that's, they're doing their job properly. They blend in and you just don't see them. And I'm quite happy not to see them because they are quite, um, quite intimidating when you do see them. Mm. Um, but, yeah, mostly, yeah, just brown house snake. Sometimes you'll see those. Um, recently one that I saw, um, was my first runkles, which, um, quite an impressive looking snake, um, but not one to be messed with. Mm. And they, they, yeah, they, 
they're quite lethal if if they want to be. So you have to be very careful with them because they can spit. So, um, Devin, are you seeing lots of um, properties that are along that urban edge of the mountain? Or that's where is that is that where you're getting a lot of your call outs? So, you know, other. Parts in in you know suburbia. Brett, our, our technical producer, um, he lives in in the Parklands Tableview area, and he yes. says a a a, a, um, a neighbor of his had to call out a snake catcher because of a Cape Cobra in the middle of you know a housing development there in Tableview. Yes, we do see a lot. There's a big influx of snakes now um, because of building. They're building into their habitat, unfortunately, mm. and these snakes don't know where to go. Of course, of so course, because the only way the city can really build is building up north along the west yes, coast. Yes, so unfortunately, it is into their habitat, and it's very sad to see this um, because you get the little babies, the juveniles, they don't know where to go. Mm. And it's all basically just about people. Mm. It's not thinking about the ecosystem and how it works. And so we have to then go collect them. Safely secure them and then, you know, we have to take them back mm. to a nature reserve. We have to relocate them mm. so the people are safe if it's a venomous snake. But yes, definite influx, yes. Do we not run the risk then of if we're moving the snakes out of the areas and taking them to parks and stuff, that there'll be an overpopulation in, no. in reserves and stuff? No. Um, Goodness, let me explain it like this. Like, um, if I find a snake in Tableview and it is close to Ritflay, okay, um, but it must be like relatively close to the flay, then I will take it to the flay and it'll be released there. Okay. Um, if I find it in Melkbush Strand, then I will take it to Bloberg Nature Reserve. Um, if I find it in Atlantis, I take it to Vitsans. Mm. Okay, so Nature you don't Reserve. relocate too far. So you don't take it something from the we South Peninsula to, to, yeah. to the north, for no, example. No, we may not relocate them more than 10 to 20 kilometers away from mm. where we okay. found them. Well, with, with regards to, yes, they, they're coming out now because looking for that heat to bask in the sun, but also... Uh, if you have pools, water fountains, little ponds, is, is that an attractor for, for, for snakes? It can be, yes, because they're thirsty. Um, there may be something on your premises like a lot of rats, mice. Mm. You know, if you have chickens or little chicks around, things like that, then it can attract snakes, yes. Mm. We're talking hiking with Tim Lundy. Also joining us in studio is Devine Samson. Uh, Sanson. She is a, a snake catcher. We're talking about snakes <clears throat> Excuse me, in the hiking environment. If you have any questions or you have any WhatsApps or comments, uh, give us a call, 021-446-0567. What has your experience been of hiking and, and encountering a, a snake or if you have any comments or questions or simply a voice note 0725671567 Tim in terms of hiking and mountain safety um what's the first thing you should do of course don't go closer if you see I think that should be the first rule isn't it well one of the things I was saying to Devine now is that um you know uh, when we go into the mountains we've got to remember that we're on their territory and no one's explained the rules of engagement to the yeah. snake so they're going to do what they do, and that's defend themselves. Um, and, and that's all they know, that if they feel like they're going to be threatened, then they're going to go for you. So one of the things that I always do whenever I do come across a snake is treat it as venomous mm. straight away, back away from it until you can identify it properly, and let it go. Don't try and corner it. Don't try and 
you know, take photographs if you want, but from a safe distance, mm. two, two and a half meters at least. Um, you know, you've got zoom on your phone, so you don't really need to get that close and just give it space to do mm. what it needs to do. Don't try and guide it into places because then if you get too close, it's going to turn on you. Mm. And like a Rinkos, it could end up spitting at you from two and a half meters away and actually hit you. I, I've heard stories of people being chased by black mambas. Um, has that ever happened to you? It's never happened to me for the simple reason we don't get black mambas in the Western Cape, oh, which is fabulous. Um, <laughs> I feel very sorry for the people in KwaZulu-Natal because they do they are very territorial as far as I know. They're very territorial. I've never come across one. I hope I never do, <laughs> um, purely because mm. they are known to be aggressive, especially I think around mating season as well. When they're, they're around an area where they want to be, they're going to... Thing and let you know they don't want you there. Uh, so, so Davin, what would be the top three snakes? Uh, let, let's categorize them uh, because let's not be too alarmist. You know, obviously, you could have uh, um, venomous, non-venomous snakes, but also you could have non-venomous snakes that would still take a take a bite uh, yeah. at you. Uh, so, let's break it. What, what, in terms of less harmful snakes, what what are you likely to see here? And then afterwards, explain to us what are probably the three most dangerous snakes that you're allowed, that, that you probably will see. Okay, depending on the areas in Cape Town, um, like your brown house snake, mm. you will find in the Cape Town area, you'll find it more in the northern suburbs. Mm. I have um, rescued two in the west coast, on the west coast, but they're more towards the northern suburbs. Mm. Um, you get scarp decket as well, which is mildly venomous, mm. but of no medical importance mm. to humans or animals. Then you will get your Karoo whip snake, also mildly venomous, but of no medical mm. importance to humans or animals. What else do you get? You get quite a few. <laughs> uh, so, so, so if you were to be uh, particularly in someone who is, who is hiking, yes. um, I'm sure there are also different environments around southwestern Cape. Uh, yes. You can have the mountainous area in, in Cape Town if you're just going to go, you know, over over the Huguenot Pass and you're going to pass Worcester to, um, uh, to the Dwarings and just over the X River Valley, you're going to eat the, the Karoo region as well. So in terms of the area here, what would be the top three, you know, most dangerous snakes we could encounter in hikes here in this area? Um, well, first on the list will definitely be your Cape Cobra. Mm. The most venomous. Well, the most venomous, sorry, I have to change my words there. <laughs> drop for drop, the most venomous will be your boomslung. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Um, but boomslung are reluctant to bite. They're very shy snakes. Um, they're mostly, mostly tree dwellers. You'll mm. find them on the ground if they got a hold of a bird or a baby chick or something like that. But otherwise, they're mainly in trees mm. and they're shy. Um, you don't really come across boomslung a lot. I've caught maybe five in Malpur Strand. Um, but yeah, well, then second on the list will be Cape Cobra. Um, they're not as shy. Mm. <laughs> and then it'll obviously be your Puffetta as well. Gosh. A messenger from Anne says, I had to stop on the farm road, and doesn't say where exactly, on which farm road, to let a mole snake cross safely and and this is often an issue with uh, with motorists either they're not looking or they're quite deliberate mm. in uh, in in driving over snakes have you s seen a lot of that Devin? yes um unfortunately this morning i got a call out on otto de mm. of a truck 
that purposefully went over the yellow line and knocked over a mole snake mm. and I had to go euthanize it. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you get that as well and it's not mm -hmm. very nice. But yeah, yes, that sad. happens mm. a lot. So let's go to, to the safety aspect now or, or the, at least the, the rescue aspect now. If you are on the mountain and you happen to be bitten, you don't know whether it's venomous or not uh, because even non-venomous snakes, as Devine says, can take a bite from you. How, what yeah. would be your first point of call? What should the first thing be that you do? Well, look, one of the things you also got to remember that sometimes snakes can do dry bites mm. where they don't actually do anything. Um, they don't inject venom into you. It's more of a, a sort of a warning to just warn you. But mm. if rather treat it like it has actually been, uh, venom has been put into you. And first thing, and it's, uh, was it, it always seems really strange to say it, but don't panic. <laughs> because the more you panic, the more your heart rate goes, mm. the more your blood flows around your body, the more you start spreading that venom. Mm. And you really don't want that. And it's re I think it's... I've never been bitten by a snake. Mm. I've come very close a couple of times. But I think it's very, very hard not to panic and not to freak out <laughs> when you've just been bitten by a snake. Mm. Um, but try and keep as calm as possible and treat it like it is venomous and go and try and get medical help as quickly as possible, which when you're on the mountains can be very, very, mm. a very long time um, before you actually get. But don't waste any more time thinking that it's going to be okay uh, I've, I've heard stories of oh and please excuse my 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 very much ignorance regarding <laughs> snakes I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have not been to too close to many in my life but in terms of applying pressure to the area or putting on a belt to stop never never that that is that is a myth. absolute no no it's mm. not only is it a myth it is actually very dangerous mm. because in panicking, your blood flows. Now, if you shut that blood off mm. and you stop it from flowing, what happens is you have a buildup and a pressure buildup. And at some point, you're going to have to take that tourniquet off. Mm. And as soon as you do that, it's a sudden surge. And it can actually end up being much worse wow. than if you actually... What you can do is put a bandage, what they call a pressure bandage. Mm. Um, but a lot of people won't have that pressure bandage. But it's basically wrapping a bandage around on... If you're bitten on an arm around the limb above the bite and just quite gently, not not to the point where you cut off the circulation, mm. but just to try and slow the blood flow down a little bit. Mm. Um, uh, Devine, we were talking now about just the the anxiety, the panic of being bitten by a snake, you know, would freak someone out. Yeah. Um, we talk about irrational fears of snakes. I'm, I'm sure you, you want to dispel those rumors, but... In terms of talking to people, I've, I, I'm not necessarily fearful of snakes. I keep a safe distance. I would gladly touch a non-venomous snake or a snake, you know, that is not prone to, to bite or take a, to have a go at you. Uh, but I would keep my distance. But why do you think, you know, people have this very, very irrational fear of snakes? My, my wife won't even watch a program. With a snake in it, she wouldn't allow. Unfortunately, I, 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 I talked it down. Uh, she wouldn't even allow our kid to have a, a, a picture taken with us at the snake park. You know, with the. Yes. <laughs> Why are people like this? Um, 
I think it's from childhood, maybe, that the parents fearmonger the children. Mm. Look, not only, not only that, it's um, look at the snake, the serpent. Yes, the, the, yes. the stories that you get, Adam and Eve and the snake yes. of the devil. And <laughs> every kind of story, like fear story you can think of, there's a snake involved or a mm. crocodile or a wolf. or you know, It's one of those animals that is feared. And, and the problem is that there's not enough known about mm. them. By the general public Well we, we're running out of time And um, you've bought some of your apparatus You're not going to have enough time to, to explain But uh, Davine has a grabber in here And I, I think it's very important Particularly living in the city in, in Cape Town To always have a number of a snake catcher on your phone I don't And I'm probably going to be looking for someone in my neighborhood But how important is it to always have a contact person who knows how to deal with snakes Very, very important Yes, um, I can give you my number And I am part of the Cape Reptile Club We've got a big WhatsApp group mm. So it gets broadcast on there mm. And whoever can take the call out Whichever suburb they mm. fall under Then they will take the call out um, If there's just some time That I can quickly explain something on hiking And if someone oh, yeah, is being absolutely. bitten by a snake, then I'd like to. Um, if you do come across a puff adder, it's not going to move. You're going to wait a hundred mm. years. It's not going to move for you. So, and they ambush predators. Mm. So, if you can just walk, if you're walking and you come across a big log that's fallen over or big branch, then you don't walk over it. You should go stand on top of it and mm. step over. Because it can be lying there, and then you can get bitten like that. If you get bitten by a puffetta, as um, Tim, Tim. Tim has said, um, no pressure bandage, mm. no tourniquet, nothing, nothing at Just all. Just get yourself to hospital. Yes, um, with Cape Cobra, you're looking at neurotoxic venom, mm. which is very bad. Um, you must must keep that person as calm as possible, and if mm. there is somebody that can phone medics. To get up there and to help the person down or try and carry that person. And the most important is to phone the hospital if you can. Yes. Mm. And the most important is that you'll have to tell them how many vials you need. And then I think the most, most important is your uh, adrenaline. Mm. Because you can also go with uh, um, antivenom, you can go into anaphylactic shock. So to just give as much um, medical information, personal medical information as well yes. to the hospital. Yes. Uh, but Tim, very quickly, we yeah. are planning a family hike. What are the details, what you have in store for us that we can maybe broadcast? Well, I, when I sent you um, earlier today, I was hoping, I don't know mm. if you're available on the 14th of December. Mm. Um, if you are, then we should do a, a family walk. And I was thinking something that's gentle, that we can interact with people and have a sort of a family day. Um, one that mm. is always a, a winner is Greenpoint Park. Cool. Um, Lovely. And then we walk through Greenpoint Park and around onto the promenade and along the seafront. So you get the sea views and the mountain views. You get to see the park. We we'll walk through the areas that are sort of the touch and feel, mm. the, the explanation um, places that... Yeah, we can. I think that's a great idea. 14th of December, Greenpoint Park, accessible to the entire family. Absolutely. Just the last 30 seconds, Tim, if people want to uh, get in touch with you to help organize, I could maybe want to book you for an afternoon to take you in yeah. to, to see the city. How so can they get can touch? contact me on email, which is tim at capetownhiking.ca.za, or they can get me on Twitter, which is at hikingcapetown, 
or Instagram Cape Town Hiking. And Tim Lundy will be back with us next Thursday for Hiking with Tim.